Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 28. Matthew 28, beginning of verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guard shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Jesus had spoken before his crucifixion. Mark 9, 31, he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. Luke 24, 7, the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Remember his words at the age of 12? The Father's business. And here we see Jesus, the Son of Man must. I must be about my father's business. You say, what business? The business of salvation. The business of redemption. The business of reconciliation. The business of resurrection. There is no resurrection life without the cross. There is no resurrection life without death. There is no resurrection life without the tomb. What does the Bible say? Galatians 3, verses 13 and 14, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. A curse for us that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. 
that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Think of it today. Jesus Christ became a curse for us. He died on the cross for the sins of humanity. He was taken down and he was buried in a tomb. And the Bible declares that on the third day he rose again. No resurrection life without the cross. No resurrection life without death. Let us hear the Spirit today. Reading from the book of John, John chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. Now the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Peter therefore went out, and the other disciple were going to the tomb, so they both ran together, and the other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who came to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not know the Scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary stood outside of the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say, Teacher. The risen Christ, the risen King. You know, the empty tomb is a powerful image, and it is crucial to our faith. It's vital to our faith. Our belief in this gospel, the message of redemption, salvation, reconciliation. I quote, we cannot think too much of the crucifixion, but we can and do think sadly too little of the resurrection 
The resurrection, which is not only a historical event, but also a spiritual power and experience. Life in the land represents, ideally, our living in the power of our risen Lord. The life we now live, the empty tomb is a powerful image. The empty tomb is the image of a sufficient Savior. The work had to be completed, and the work was completed. The J.B. Phillips New Testament, the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and must be crucified and must rise again on the third day. The good news is that Jesus was betrayed into the hands of sinful men. And he was crucified. He was taken down and he was buried in a tomb. And on the third day, he rose again. He is the all-sufficient Savior. Victorious one, glorious one, he completed he completed the work and he fulfilled the I must. A cry that he uttered at the age of 12 and still the cry. The image of the empty tomb is one of death defeated. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 55 to 57. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. The message paraphrase, now in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, death, are gone. The gift of our Master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. 1 Peter 3.18, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit. The book of Romans, chapter 6, verses 8 to 10, now if we died with Christ, we believe we shall also live with him knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. I quote, The earliest Christians believed in the resurrection, not because they couldn't find a dead body, but because they found a living Christ. The image of the empty tomb is one of the grave emptied of its power. If we have died with Christ, we live with Him. And having been raised from the dead, we die no more. Sure, this mortal body will pass, from this life, but death is nothing more than a step into eternity. Death 
no longer has dominion over us, no fear in death. The message, could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. No longer captive to sin's demands. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in His life-saving resurrection. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, He took sin down with Him. But alive, He brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a dead language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue. And you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. The empty tomb. John eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? The grave emptied of its power. What a glorious hope we have. The image of the empty tomb is one of resurrection life. Lord forbid that we think too little of the resurrection. The resurrection which is not only a historical event, but also spiritual power and experience are living in the power of our risen Lord. We know the text well, 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone... If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The Amplified, therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Think of the empty tomb today. Think on the empty tomb today. Stoop down and look in. Stoop down and look in and see the linen cloths lying there. Step into the tomb. See the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head. Step in and see and believe. John 20, verses 11 and 12, Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. It's a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. There are the angels, one at the head, 
and one at the foot. And there in the middle of the mercy seat where Jesus laid, where Christ lay in the space, yet no longer, for he is risen. John 20, verses 13 to 20 in the NLT, Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied. And I don't, where, I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she did not recognize him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you've taken him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said, she turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message, delivered his message. That Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. The gardener. Amazing. She thought he was the gardener. And if in the Spirit today, can we not rightly say that we are plants of his right hand planting? Needing the watering and tending of his constant and gracious care, Song of Solomon 8.13, Thou that dwellest in gardens, the companions hearken to thy voice. The image of the empty tomb is one. It's one of living in the power of our risen Lord. That's the life he has in mind for us. This resurrection life, living in the power of our risen Lord. We are made alive by the power of the resurrection, and we now live in the power of the resurrection. You know what the Bible says? Romans 8, 11. But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies, through His Spirit, that is because of His Spirit who dwells in you. This is our new existence, our new reality, living in the power of our risen Lord. The cross and the empty tomb are not badging upon our coats. Life is no longer the same what we are talking about is this, spiritual power and experience 
living in the power of our risen Lord, and we must live it. Come to understand it, walk in it, accept it, claim it. Living in the power. The message reads, when God lives and breathes in you, and he does as surely as he did in Jesus, you are delivered from that dead life. With the Spirit living in you, your body will be as alive as Christ's. I wonder, do we really understand our new reality? Are we living it? Stoop down and look in. The image of the empty tomb, stoop down and look in and see your grave cloths lying there next to Jesus's. Step into the tomb. Step in and see and believe. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. You know, today, let the Spirit, the power of him who raised Jesus from the dead, give life to your mortal bodies. Receive the word of the Lord. Receive the promise of Scripture, this resurrection life. Live in the power and experience of the risen Lord. Sadly, many choose not to. Live at a lesser level. Live in this power and experience. And the good news is we can cling to Him now for He has ascended. What might this living in the power of our risen Lord look like? Well, everything has to change. The talk, the walk, the thinking, the doing. It speaks of a life quickened by the Spirit that dwells within an existence quickened by the Spirit of the Lord that dwells within. That's what he had in mind for us. And he still does. Jesus spoke to those that were his after the tomb had been emptied of its power. And he spoke to them about living in the power of their risen Lord. Matthew 28, 8 to 20, So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee. And there they will see me. Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. 
When they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money. What do we see here? They're still trying to get rid of Jesus with money. They took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, What would he say? On the other side, the grave, the tomb, emptied of its power. He said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. There is a call to live under the authority of Christ. And there is a call to live in the authority of of Christ. Those words of Jesus, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Take heart. Go therefore, these are his words to those that are his, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. You know, when you teach somebody, it takes time. Some lessons are learned quicker than others. His promise was that he would be with us, with you even to the end of the age. This is what Jesus had in mind and still has in mind. This kind of existence the great commission given on the other side of a tomb emptied of its power. Maybe you hear today, you say, I need a touch, Lord. I need some touch, some happening that I might live in such a manner. Well, there's a beautiful scripture recorded on the other side. Of the tomb emptied of its power, John 20, 19 to 22. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled, for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, 
receive the Holy Spirit. Would you today let the risen King breathe on you? Let Him breathe on you and say to you, receive the Holy Spirit. Let Him speak peace to you, not once but twice. Let Him send you as the Father sent Him. This is the touch we need that we might live the life that He has called us to live, that we might live in His resurrection power, the experience of resurrection life. We can have the worship team return today. The words of Watchman Nee. Our old history ends with the cross. Our new history begins with the resurrection. Jim Cimbala said the cross, as poignant as it is, is understandable from a human perspective. An innocent man was murdered by crooked politicians and religious leaders. But the empty tomb, what can you say? Only a supernatural God could accomplish that. Risen King, it's an invitation today to come and see the place where he lay. Put yourself in the story. These experiences, the gardener, I know him as the gardener, for I am well aware the hoe has spared me simply because the gardener is meek and lowly in heart. Take heart today. Would you note today that it's a costly tomb? Though costly, it was one borrowed. If this can grip us today, a costly tomb, though costly, one borrowed, the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. Jesus died in another man's tomb. Jesus dead in another man's tomb. Jesus risen in another man's tomb. Can we take hold of this today? A borrowed tomb. A costly tomb is mine. For what a price was paid for one to borrow it and empty it of its power. You know, my tomb is only rich if I know Jesus. What of the items in the tomb? I'm going to share the words of Charles Spurgeon. The napkin... Mark, you was laid by itself. The grave clothes were left behind for every departed Christian to wear. The bed of death is well sheeted with the garments of Jesus. But the napkin was laid by itself because the Christian, when he dies, does not need that. It is used by the mourners and the mourners only. We shall all wear grave clothes, but we shall not need the napkin. 
When our friends die, the napkin is laid aside for us to use. But do our ascended brethren and sisters use it? No. The Lord God hath wiped away all tears from their eyes. We stand and view the corpses of the dear departed. We moisten their faces with our tears, letting whole showers of grief fall on their heads. But do they weep? Oh, no. Could they speak to us from the upper spheres, they would say, Weep not for me, for I am glorified. Sorrow not for me. I have left the bad world behind and have entered into a far better. They have no napkin. They weep not. Strange it is that those who endure death weep not, but those who see them die are weepers. When the child is born, it weeps while others smile, say the Arabs. And when it dies, it smiles while others weep. It is so with the Christian. Oh, blessed thing, the napkin is laid by itself because Christians will never want to use it when they die. The napkin has been folded up. What words could I leave you with? Come and view the place. Come and view the place then with all hallowed meditation where the Lord lay. Spend this afternoon, my beloved, in meditating upon it. And very often go to Christ's grave both to weep and to rejoice. Ye timid ones, do not be afraid to approach, for it's no vain thing to remember that timidity buried Christ. Faith would not have given him a funeral at all. Faith would have kept him above ground and would never have let him been buried, for it would have said it would be useless to bury Christ if he were to rise. Fear buried him. Nicodemus, the night disciple, and Joseph of Arimathea secretly for fear of the Jews went and buried him. Therefore, ye timid ones, Ye may go too, ready to halt, poor fearing, and thou, Mrs. Despondency, and much afraid. Go often there. Let it be your favorite haunt. There build a tabernacle, there abide, and often say to your heart when you are in distress and sorrow, come see the place where the Lord lay. The king is risen, church. The work is completed. These images vital to our faith, crucial to our faith. The king on a cross. The empty tomb. The grave is defeated. The tomb is emptied of its power, and if you can receive it today, your tomb is emptied of its power. The life we now live is one of resurrection power. He speaks to us again today, peace to you, peace to you, peace to you. He had to repeat himself. He said, peace to you, peace to you. The breath of Jesus upon us, having received the Spirit, lived the life of resurrection power, one of victory. Live a life 
of victory under the authority of Christ and in the authority of Christ. Live in the power of His resurrection. Let the Spirit that raised Christ from the dead quicken you. Rise and ask the Spirit to quicken you, to quicken your mortal body. Live a life of victory with no fear of death. No fear of death. Death, where is thy sting? The grave has been emptied of its power. Live a life of conquest, one of godly mission. Take on the I must spirit. Hear him say today, perhaps we need to hear it afresh, lest we forget. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And he says that he is with us always. We could keep it close for a moment. Fathers and mothers in the house, of which I am one, go and make your children disciples. Teach them to observe all things that He has commanded you, and mind your observing. Get them baptized, get them filled with the Holy Ghost, remind them that Jesus is with them always. And now if we can let the words of Jesus take us beyond our immediate sphere, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white all ready to harvest. A curse he became for us. And what does the Bible say? He became a curse for us that the blessing of Abraham come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Let's stand in the house today. Lord, we, we praise you. All sufficient Savior, the work completed. You took the cross for us and you were buried in the tomb. And as you said, the Son of Man must rise on the third. And so you rose. What life we have been given. What a life we now live. Lord, I pray that we would all live in the power and experience of our risen Lord. things change today. The perspective changes today. Outlook changes today. That fear is cast out today. Lord, that each and every day we would rise and live under the authority of Christ and in the authority of Christ.